regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is The Online Course Show. I am your host, Jacques Hopkins, and I'm excited to dive into all things online courses with you. On today's show, we're talking about virtual summits. Now, I got to be honest, this is a topic that I know very little about, or at least I knew very little about before talking to today's guest. But I got an awesome crash course on virtual summits by talking with Bailey Richard. And I got to say, I'm a believer in them now, and I'm definitely looking forward to trying them out for myself. She thinks that they are a fantastic tool for online course creators, which she is, of course, herself, an online course creator. And she also shared why they're great for beginners as well, even if you don't have a big email list, big audience already. So stay with me after I play the conversation for you because I have some really cool updates to share with you about how Bailey can help you further on this process of virtual summits, as well as some changes coming to the podcast. So stay tuned for that after the conversation. I'll fill you in on those. With that, let's get into the full conversation with Bailey Richard right now. Hey, Bailey, welcome to the Online Course Show. Thanks so much for having me. Look, there's a lot of different directions that I want to take this conversation, probably more so than than just about any other guests that I've had on. I want to start here, though, because I've seen your name pop up a ton recently in the ClickFunnels Facebook group, which has over 200,000 people in it. It's not just ClickFunnels members, it's digital marketers of all kinds. And it's always these incredibly valuable posts that you're popping in there. Why are you basically writing blog posts for this Facebook group? Well, actually, that's funny that you say, why am I writing blog posts? Because that's actually what I was posting whenever I was just getting started. So the reason that I decided to start posting daily in that group a couple of months ago was because of Funnel Hacking Live. So try not to get too much ahead of myself, but I had an opportunity to speak at Funnel Hacking Live in February. And one of the things that that really opened my eyes to was how many people didn't know me. Just I thought my reach was decent. And after having been on Russell's summit, done all of the interviews for the 30-day summit, I thought, well, surely the ClickFunnels community will know who I am. Really, that, that hubris was shot down immensely. Once I got to the conference on the first day and realized no one knew who I was, which is funny because I've been building my personal brand for years. I have a very successful business and it was just shocking to me. And it, but it was also exciting because that just made me realize how much more room for growth that my business still had. So anyway, I I realized one of the things that people thought was that I was a ClickFunnels employee or Russell hired me as a contractor, which, which was true, but they didn't know that I was also an expert in my own right with my own personal brand. And I realized that I needed to find ways to leverage this incredible spotlight that Russell had shown upon me and really do my part to try and get in front of his audience, the ClickFunnels community, in this case, specifically in the Facebook group, and to say, actually, uh, I'm not just an employee. I wasn't just hired to do this one job. I actually know a ton about summits and courses, and I coach on this stuff. And so I decided to start in his Facebook group because admittedly, at the time, that group was getting a lot of negativity from its members. It wasn't necessarily the type of group that was known for the immense value. And I said, I'm going to go in 
And I know this community is just ripe for something that is non-pitchy, that's totally actionable and valuable. And I started sharing my blog posts. One of the things that I started doing in my business when I was just getting started was really focusing on my writing and my blog. That's where one of my strengths lies. And I just said, okay, well, I'm, I'm literally going to copy and paste my blog posts in there. I would tweak them so that they were a little more appropriate for a social post, not just the blog. But they were just getting you know, really, really, really great responses from that community. And eventually, I ran out of posts and so had to start creating new content. But that's obviously great too, because then it forces me to you know, keep my content fresh and to start generating new ideas. So I love that because every time I see it, you get like literally hundreds of comments and everybody's like, wow, you're amazing. You're the best. This content is awesome. And I think it's, um, you know, when you see that juxtaposed against a lot of the posts that, that are in there, which is very spammy, not a lot of value, I think it really brings, you know, the cream to the top there with your posts. Well, it's just so interesting because I think this industry of business coaching and online marketing in particular is just, it's really saturated, but it's not saturated with entirely good content. And I think that people out there are literally just so thirsty for something that's real and helpful and actionable that if you give them even just a little bit of that, they just run to it. And it's just so, the truth is, it's really easy to set yourself, you know, above, you know, to set the bar pretty high. If you just come in with an attitude of serving and wanting to genuinely help people and to show them your secrets and to share your knowledge, you will be revered as that expert. I'm constantly telling my clients, give away your best stuff. Show people that you know what you're talking about because this industry is full of people that don't know what they're talking about. I think a lot of people want to find the quick, the quickest way to success, the quickest way to get a lead or something like that. And these posts that I've been seeing from you are very, very elaborate and very, you know, clearly took a very long time. It's, I, I don't know, we, we could probably, you know, dwell on that for a while. Um, let's go back to something you mentioned with the 30 day summit, because that's where I was first introduced to you, because I was going through the ClickFunnels Russell Brunson 30 day summit, where you could probably explain it better to me, but they asked a lot of very successful marketers, digital marketers and course creators, hey, what would you do if you had to start over and you had 30 days? What would those first 30 days look like? And I recently found out that you basically led that entire initiative of that summit. So t- tell me how that came to be. Yes, I did. Thank you. So I was attending Funnel Hacking Lab 2018 in Orlando, Florida, and I was sitting in a room and I have, I've been with ClickFunnels since the beginning. They came out in late 2014 and I got on uh, the platform in early 2015. So I've been with them for a long time. So I was sitting at this conference and I knew, you know, that ClickFunnels had, you know, how many at that time? 60,000, 65,000 users or something. But there was what, maybe 3,000 people in this room. And I just thought to myself, well, I think that if ClickFunnels did a summit, it could be massively successful because I had already been doing virtual summits every single year in my business uh, in order to help it grow. And I just decided to go for it. So I didn't know Russell at the time, but I actually contacted Julie Soyan, who uh, has her own personal brand as an incredible digital marketer, but was the recently left her position as the VP of marketing at ClickFunnels. But what's interesting, and a lot of people don't know this, is that Julie and I connected because of my summit. So she was a guest on my summit for two years in a row prior to this. That's how we connected. So what was cool is that she already knew that I was a virtual summit expert and she really could vouch for my virtual summit expertise. So I went to her. Well, I actually wrote her an email late that night when I had the idea. I thought, I'm just going to toss this her way and see what's up. So I wrote her an email and said, I have this idea. If you think it's terrible, then we can totally just you know pitch it. But if you think it has some potential, maybe this could be something. 
And I pitched her this idea of doing a summit for ClickFunnels with the two Comma Club members. That was my thinking was, well, these are the experts. Let's get them in here about how they did their two Comma Club. And so I saw her the next day. This was at Disney World. I flagged her down and said, hey, what do you think? And she said, I think it's really great. Let me see what happens. That was, I think... February, March or something. And we really didn't kind of get it moving for a couple of months. You know, it can take a while for these projects to sort of get their legs. But she, I really owe her a lot because Julie vouched for me and took the idea to Russell. And honestly, it was just kind of a situation of perfect timing because it was Russell that had the idea to do the whole 30 days thing because he had actually read a book that was very similar in concept by one of his mentor idols a long time ago and had been wanting to replicate the idea, but he was just going to do a book. And I came onto this scene and said, well, why don't we take that idea and do a book and a summit where we make them write the chapters for the book. And then I'll also interview them and we'll do this summit. And by the way, could I manage it and run with it and do all of this? And he said, "Uh, yeah, sure, go for it. So it took a few months for all of this to kind of come together. But we launched that in the fall of 2018 with a $100 offer on the back end. And in 13 and a half days, it did a million dollars. So it was pretty... Well, there were some upsells too, but uh, it was pretty incredible. So I've probably watched half of the the videos and the content of the book for the, the different people in the 30-day summit. What was in it for those people to join you in this deal? Huge exposure. Huge exposure. So in general, the, the concept behind a virtual summit is that the guest speakers will get an, um, the exposure from the event, uh, perhaps through a private Facebook group or something, you have an opportunity to network with one another, the prestige of being you know, picked by Russell and getting to be a part of a project with somebody so famous in the digital marketing space is huge. Oftentimes, uh, like on my summits, we let them share a lead magnet so they can grow their own list or they might have links throughout their, their chapter or their interview or something like that. And then of course, there's affiliate commissions. Um, because you know, whenever you're a speaker on one of these events, you sort of get the insider you know, information about when it's going to launch and you can prep your bonuses and all that stuff before the regular affiliates might even know about it. But honestly, it's my understanding that the people who are participating as speakers in this event, the amount of massive traffic that they get, I mean, even now we're talking a year later that they still continue to get is incredible. Sometimes that can be really hard to measure and direct ROI, you know, how many clients, but there are so many people I'm still seeing today that will go into the ClickFunnels community and say, you know, I just read Rachel Peterson's chapter or Trey Llewellyn's chapter, and now I'm going to go buy his course because I just, I want to do this. This resonated with me. And that was actually one of the things we did try to pay attention to when we were deciding who was going to be a part of the project and what chapters we were going to do. We didn't want every single chapter to be the same. And so, you know, we did talk to everyone about, you know, let's, let's try to bring in some unique angles. And that's why we had some people from e-commerce and some people doing info products and that sort of thing. So what about you, Bailey? What was your motivation? Was that purely exposure as well? Or was this a paid gig? Um, so originally, it was not going to be paid, or at least maybe it always was in Russell's mind, but I offered to do it for free. So I came to him and said, Hey, I will go ahead and 100% do this project for you if you know, you just tell people that I did it. And at first he said, of course, but then, you know, Russell, heart of gold, he did pay me, of course, whenever the project was finished. And I was very grateful for that. But I wanted to go in and do this project because I had already had a course. I have a course on virtual summits and I do virtual summits for VIP clients. And I write a lot of content about summits in general. 
So when I had this idea, the whole concept of being able to come in with such a huge client like ClickFunnels, the like Russell Brunson, and to say, hey, I'm the woman that did all of Russell's summits. I mean, that has benefited me massively. And it still continues to because I'm able to use that in my marketing. Russell's given me testimonials. He's thrown other clients my way and said, oh, yeah, if you want to do a summit, go see Bailey. And then... There's also just been the networking that I had gotten an opportunity to do with all of these incredible speakers. So I was the one that did the interviews. There was a little talk in the beginning that I was just going to manage and someone else who was more the face of ClickFunnels might do the interviews. But I said, no, 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 this will go faster and smoother if you let me do it. And that's true. But there was also an added benefit for me that was FaceTime. With Rachel Peterson, Trey Llewellyn, um, you know Spencer Meekum, like all of these, you know Dan Henry, all of these incredible, you know, digital marketers that I wanted to be seen on the level as. So to be able to get to meet them and to tell them what I do and you know to do these interviews with them has actually turned them over the years into colleagues, which has then also benefited me financially because when I do my launches and things, I'll talk to them. I'm doing this upcoming launch soon, and I will reach out and say, hey, you know. Would it be cool if we did like a Facebook Live? You know, I'll give you 50% affiliate commissions if you'd share my registration link and stuff. And of course, I haven't, you know, there were 30 people on that summit. And then we did another, I don't know, what was it, 15 or something for the affiliate bootcamp summit. And we're working on another one right now, actually. So I haven't maintained perfect friendships with everybody, but there have been a few individuals that, you know, our personalities clicked and we resonated. And now we're, you know, business friends and those sorts of connections, I mean, truly invaluable. Sounds like an awesome opportunity to just be working under uh, the, you know, ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson and, and just to top it all off, they even paid you. Right. And then Russell asked me to speak a Funnel Hacking Live, which then got me more clients and more exposure and incredible speaking video for my speaker reel. I mean, I didn't know all of this stuff was going to happen when I first had the idea and when I first put myself out there. And of course, none of this may have happened if Julie hadn't advocated for me and Russell hadn't been game to give this a try. But, you know, I can't be more grateful for all of the stuff that's, you know, come of it. That's so cool. And, you know, to top it all off, you might have never ended up on the online course show. Also true. I mean, the additional opportunities for podcasts, as well as speaking opportunities, I mean, invitations to come into people's groups and speak on, you know, their Facebook live videos and things. I mean, I could go on and on. All right, let's dive into virtual summits a little bit more here because I'm pretty green with this. I don't have a lot of experience with it. Obviously, you have a lot of experience with it. So let's say that there's somebody listening to this who has a course in their particular niche. And I want to start by taking it from the angle of somebody is approaching you. So somebody else is launching or doing a virtual summit and they're approaching you to be a part of it. What kind of factors should you keep in mind whether you say yes or no to it? Yeah. So, um, do me if, if somebody if if you somebody asks you to be a speaker on it. Yeah. So let's take a specific example. This hasn't happened, but let's say there's somebody out there doing an online piano summit approaching me to be a part of it. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that part of it depends, of course, on you know who the person is that's hosting the event. And so you know you may not have a relationship with that person already, and that's totally fine. One of the really cool things about virtual summits is that they're a connection tool, right? For you to connect with the other speakers, for this host to connect with all the people that they invite. But you want to check the reputation of this individual to see whether or not they have you know any online experience whatsoever, and just make sure that they have their eyes dotted and their T's crossed when they come to you. This 
this is one of the things that I teach my students who are hosting summits is that if you want people to say yes to you, you have to go and you have to seem organized and you have to have the answers to all of their questions. So don't just come you know, to somebody that you want to be a speaker and say, well, I'm thinking about doing this event. Would you maybe want to be a part of it? Don't do that. If you get an opportunity to be invited on somebody's summit and they do do that, I would say no. But if somebody comes to you and says, hey, we're going to do this event, it's going to be three days, here are the dates, it's 90 days in advance, we have plenty of time to do all of this, this is what I'm going to need from you, the interview is going to look a little bit like this, and here's some of the other benefits. We have a private speaker Facebook group, You know, we're going to give you this percentage affiliate commissions, we'll equip you with all the promotional materials, yada yada then you can go ahead and assume that that person is pretty organized. Either they took a course like mine, they're being coached, you know, they know what they're doing, maybe they have some experience. Another thing, of course, is you know, whether or not you say yes depends on what's being asked of you in the promotional sense, right? And so there's a huge debate amongst virtual summit hosts and business coaches about this. So I'll tell you what I think. I think that virtual summit hosts should not, under any circumstances, require their speakers to share the summit especially in a particular way, because I get asked to do a lot of summits. And when people you know, arrive in my inbox and I have no idea who they are, and they send me this long email that I do not have time to read, and it basically says, hey, I'm awesome. And I want you to be on my awesome event. And you're going to have to give me this, this, and this. And then I want you to send three emails to your list and this, this, and that. And then by the way, you know, we're only giving you 20% commissions. Those emails go in the trash because there has been no reciprocity, right? I don't know this person. They've never done anything for me. I don't feel like I want to do anything for them. And also it just, in my opinion, shows no understanding and respect for how it is that I want to run my audience, you know? how I want to you know, promote and I want to run my business with respect to my audience, I mean. So what I think is that virtual summit hosts should do everything they can to put on an incredibly organized stellar event that is so awesome that their speakers will want to share it. Now, of course, you should equip your speakers and give them everything they need. The promotional images, the affiliate link, check in with them every week, um, make sure you give them email copy, You know, ask them if you know they have a Facebook group, take the initiative and say, hey, would it be cool if maybe we scheduled a, a Facebook Live in your group or something like that. Sure, those things are fine. Those things will definitely encourage people to promote. But you know, there's people out there that are hosting virtual summits that'll say, well, I need my speakers to sign this contract that they're gonna share. That what good is that contract? I mean, it, let's say that you they sign it and then they don't share. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to go sue them? I mean, no, you're, of course you're not. That would be a waste of money and time. So it's better instead to focus on just building up a fantastic relationship, showing them that you value them and their audience and that you're going to leave it up to them to decide what it is that they share with their audience. And then you're going to put on an event that's worthy of them sharing it. That's my opinion. There's people out there that disagree with me. A good friend of mine who has a successful online course was approached recently about being on a virtual summit in his particular small niche. And he hadn't heard of this guy. And it seemed like he was asking for too much. And he came to me for my advice. And I was like, look, I don't know much about this. But I actually mentioned, I was like, hey, I'm talking to Bailey soon. I'm going to ask her about this and we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. But basically, from what I've heard, you know, the guy was asking or not asking, but he was saying to be a part of this, you're going to have to promote it to your email list. That was a requirement. And that was the biggest sticking point for my friend because he didn't know this guy. He didn't know the quality and all this. And it seemed like a little bit too much to ask. 
Right. It is a lot to ask. And you know, what's funny is that it's a huge turnoff as well, because there are a lot of people that either I don't know, or maybe I know a little bit and they come to me. And if they come to me to be a speaker on their summit and they have this attitude of humility and respect saying, Hey, you know, I respect that you've taken years to build up your audience and I'm not going to demand that you do anything. We'll give you everything. And you can see how this plays out. I am actually way more likely to share that. Um, because I feel that that person understands that, you know, how long it took me to build up my audience and how it is that I want to share. And I have that freedom to promote the way that I want to promote. When someone comes in all demanding, it's a huge turnoff. And essentially, I immediately from the beginning don't want to take part in this or I don't want to share. And also, I can be persuaded to possibly share or not share something as time goes on. You know, if everything in the beginning looks really good and I'm thinking, well, maybe I will share this, but then over the course of 90 days, the event gets pushed back twice. Somebody they said they was going to be on the summit is not on anymore because some relationship fell through and they get me my materials late. Those sorts of things are definitely going to make me want to not share. But if I was kind of on the fence in the beginning and then, you know, the 90 days has gone by and everything's been great and I've got the materials early and that person did everything they said they were going to do. Yeah, that that might persuade me to actually do it. So, yeah. And like you said a few minutes ago, at the end of the day, hopefully your content is great enough that the other person just wants to share it anyway. and You're not making them share it. Right. I think that there's this belief amongst virtual summit hosts that, you know, you are putting in so much effort into this event. You really, really are. And I understand that. I've done four of my own every single year of my infopreneur summit, and I've done hundreds for my VIP clients and my students. So trust me, nobody else understands how much goes into a summit than I do. However, there's no guarantee that making someone sign a contract or promising that they'll share is in the end going to do it anyway. And so instead of just spinning your wheels, you know, getting people to sign paperwork, which is a huge barrier to entry for people wanting to participate anyway, just focus on making that event as awesome as you possibly can and you will have better outcomes. Put those relationships first, you know? Okay, so as course creators, you know, the primary audience of this podcast why should we consider hosting our own virtual summit? Great question. And I have two incredible answers. The first one is you need a list in order to be able to sell your course or you need an audience, right? So I know I've experienced this and I'm sure a lot of other infopreneurs have experienced this. They spend nine months planning out their course, creating the content, then they go and try to put it on the market and they hear crickets because either they're just getting started and they don't have their own list or their own audience and they don't have anybody to sell it to or they didn't put in plan a marketing strategy. You know, I'm sure you've talked about all of these things on your course before. So on your podcast before, excuse me. So with having a virtual summit, I mean, there's a reason people typically call it a lead generation event, because one of the main benefits that you get is building that email list. So if you're planning on doing a course in the future, then you should do a virtual summit on the exact same topic so that you can get people on your list that are interested in that so that now you have potentially a warm or hot audience that then you can sell this course to when you launch it. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is you can actually sell an online course through a virtual summit funnel. So when we do a virtual summit, the first thing you're going to do is collect people's email addresses so that they can get their free tickets, the the registration, registering for the summit, right? So that's the opt-in. And then you're going to usually sell them first, something we call an all-access pass. And this is just a small tripwire product that's based around the content of the summit itself. So speaker interviews, you know, in a membership area, um, audio downloads, so people can listen to the interviews like a podcast, transcripts, notes, anything like that. And then after that, 
you can upsell people to an online program, a 21 day challenge, coaching, memberships. I mean, really, whatever. I usually do an online course. And it's also a fantastic place where you can pre sell a program as well. Because if you're bringing in all of this brand new traffic and maybe you have not launched this program or you're thinking about launching it, you have your ideal audience right in front of you. So, what you could say on this upsell page is, hey, we're really excited to put on this summit at the end of the month. And the month after that, next month, we're going to be launching this brand new online course program about this. We know that because you're here on the summit, this is what you're interested in. So, would you be willing to grab this at an early bird price, 50% off. Those people that do are going to get you know, beta access, early access to all the content. And then we'll be launching it at full price when the summit's over. I've done this numerous times and it usually works because this idea of sending a lot of really warm traffic who are your exact target audience members to a program where they're getting 50% off early access. I mean, absolutely. Now, one caveat about that plan is that only the people who have purchased the all access pass will be seeing that upsell. And so those might be smaller numbers than you would normally expect, but that's okay because it's a pre-sell. It's just, you know, beta. It's just trying to get some initial people into that program. You can still do then a proper launch of the course after the summit to everybody else. But it doesn't sound like this is for everybody. I mean, those sound like great reasons to do it. But let's say that I'm a struggling course creator. I'm just kind of just getting started. I've only sold a few copies of my course. My email list is only 100, 200 people large. What does virtual summit be for me? Actually, yes. I'm going to be very, very like strong on this because my opinion is very strong. Is that a lot of people think that summits are only for people who are established, who have a huge network of people that they can reach out to. But I completely disagree because in my business, not exclusively, but primarily, I serve a lot of beginning and budding infopreneurs. So there, I have people in my audience that literally just started their business today. And I have people that have been in it for several years that are still growing. And a lot of the people in my virtual summit school program are specifically you know, beginners that are looking to get a leg up in their business. And this is actually where I started as well. So I didn't start out as a business coach. My first infopreneur business was actually in the travel industry. And when I decided to move over into coaching, the only thing that I had was my knowledge and passion, but I didn't have the email list, the credibility, the notoriety. Like I didn't have anything like that. And so I wanted to leverage some sort of marketing technique that was going to allow me to get those things I needed to have a successful coaching business faster. And I chose turning to summits. There's lots of things you, I could have done, right? I could have poured $100,000 into Facebook ads to grow my business, but didn't have the resources at the time. So I was looking at organic methods. I still consider a summit pretty, primarily an organic method because you know you can pour ads into it if you want to. But I think the main concept is that you're leveraging other people's email lists to grow your own. And so I think what's really important for the beginners though, is not that you have this huge established network or that you have a huge list of your own. You really don't need to, but just that you have clarity about what you're doing and that you have a professional looking presence online because your speakers, as we were already saying, you know, are going to want to know about all those details of your event and they're going to look you up if they don't know about you already. So they're going to go to your website. They're going to see a little bit about you and you just need to make sure that you, you know, you have a professional looking presence, whatever that means for your brand. Professional can mean a lot of things, but that you are someone they would want to work with essentially. Okay. All right. So let's jump back over to specifically courses. Let us know what does your course library look like? Courses that I offer or that I've purchased? (laughs) (laughs) That you offer. 
I currently I have four main courses. And so um, all of these are based around different topics related to infopreneurship, which is what I teach. I call myself a business coach for infopreneurs. So a lot of people know me as the queen of virtual summits. And that's fantastic if you know me that way. Um, But my business overall is about helping people grow their personal brands so that they can then um, create and monetize info products from ebooks to online courses, summits, workshops, coaching, all that sort of stuff. And so I have a small beginner's course called Infopreneur Institute, which is for people that are just starting to learn about what this whole concept of infopreneurship is about. And it walks you through my six-step process for getting your infopreneur business started. Then I have Virtual Summit School, which is my most expensive course, but also my most comprehensive. It's a full 90-day program all about how to launch your own virtual summit from scratch. So if you have no experience with summits whatsoever, no problem. That course is very special to me because it's not just a series of videos whatsoever. It's this huge, full-blown program with tons of assets, including contracts, images, tons of different things that you might actually need in order to host your summit. I also have a course called Bankable Coach Bootcamp, which is all about the profitable side of coaching with a bunch of assets that you need if you're going to start becoming a coach. And Auto Webinar Academy, which is all about how you can create your own auto webinar funnel using any sales funnel system, click funnels, anything, or any lead pages, any landing page system whatsoever, and deadline funnel together. So that is currently what my library looks like. All right. So while I'm thinking about it, what's your go-to recommended auto webinar software recommendation? So I use ClickFunnels and DeadlineFunnel. I don't use any sort of like ever webinar or anything like that. I don't pretend that my auto webinars are live. I don't think that in this day and age that you need to, especially if you are a coach teaching other coaches or you're in digital marketing, teaching digital marketing, people know that auto webinars you know, that pretend to be live aren't actually live. And so my process basically teaches people how to set up a basic funnel where someone can opt in to register for an auto webinar presentation. And they go to a broadcast room where they can then hit play and watch the presentation. And the offer is presented to them after a certain period of time. And using deadline funnel, we give them a specific launch period during which they can actually purchase. And if they don't purchase, it could be three, four days, mine's four days. If they don't purchase during that period of time, then they either the price goes up or they get locked out of the offer until the next live launch. With that way, are people still scheduling to watch it at a certain time? They're not. They're opting in to watch it immediately. Okay. Now, all of your courses, do you host them inside of ClickFunnels? I do. Yes. Since I'm already paying for the full suite, now it's called ClickFunnels Platinum. Since I'm already paying for ClickFunnels Platinum, I use the membership areas. And I know there's a lot of debate around that. Personally, I find that it, it works for me very well because I like keeping everything under one roof. And I also like just the fact that um, I don't have to pay for additional systems and I don't have to worry about different systems communicating with one another, You know, possible breakdowns with APIs or anything like that. So for me, it works almost flawlessly. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I love their funnels and their page builder setup. And I just kind of have my courses there because it is included. And I think there could be a better experience on other platforms. But then it's not as nice because it is on another platform. And it would be another cost for me. But what are your thoughts on the recent announcements where they're calling it ClickFunnels Platinum, like you alluded to? They said they're really doubling down on being a great sales funnel software. Do you think that they're not going to be as focused on the membership and the course side of things? Yeah, I'm very curious to see what is going to happen with that, definitely, because you know they were announcing the last Funnel Hacking Live and the one before that, that they had all of these new you know plans in place for the membership site 
upgrades, you know, within ClickFunnels, that there was going to be the ability for people to have like a dashboard where they could see all of their courses and stuff like that. And I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that they're probably going to abandon some of those plans. And now they're going to try to either acquire or partner with some sort of, you know, course host company that is already doing something like that. So that is what I would venture. I don't know that for sure, but it's my guess. And you know, Russell is a genius whenever it comes to these sorts of things. And so I'm sure that whatever he does, is going to be fascinating. And I really look forward to seeing it. The truth is that at least how I see it is that the way that they've upgraded and everything doesn't really affect anybody that was already on the 97 or $297 plans. The only people that it just kind of affected were the Actionetics MD folks, which I was one. So trying to make the decision about whether or not to stay with the Actionetics MD or, or whatnot. So, um, But otherwise, I think most people have found it fine because now they're getting all this additional training with the Funnel Flex. So. Right. I'm just a little bit worried about it because I usually recommend to my online course guy students ClickFunnels because it does so much and you can have your course there. But I feel like some of the other companies are continuing to exceed them from the membership side of things as they kind of stay stagnant. And when I heard the announcement, I was worried that they were going to stay stagnant even longer and they're letting the Teachables and Kajabis get a little further ahead. So we'll see where it goes. I wonder if there's going to be like a big announcement about that side of things at Funnel Hacking Live in 2020. I believe Russell said that at Funnel Hacking Live 2020 and then his birthday, which is the first week in March, there were going to be two new announcements. I can't imagine that Russell would have made this past announcement about the ClickFunnels Platinum and the changing and everything had they already not been in communication with some companies about partnerships. I'm sure they've been working on this for a while and we're just hearing about it as it rolls out. So other than ClickFunnels, what are some of your favorite online tools that you're using? So I already mentioned Deadline Funnel. This is one of I'm sure you guys have talked about this before. It's one of the most important tools that I use in my entire business because I implement it almost in every single funnel. If you're going to be selling courses in an evergreen fashion, you essentially have to give people a reason to want to buy now. You know, because online courses are not like buying t-shirts at Target. You know, there's not in-season and out-of-season and new models and all that sort of stuff if it's always there. I was actually just talking to a coaching client of mine about this today, about how so many people want to run holiday sales. We have the holidays coming up. He was asking about Black Friday and all that sort of stuff. And I was saying that if that is the only time, you know, that you are finding ways to give people incredible prices and incredible value, what you're essentially doing is you're training people to wait until there are sales because they know that they're going to be able to get your course at half price come Christmas. And so I actually don't do any holiday sales whatsoever. I always use deadline funnel throughout the year on my funnels to sell my programs and it does just fine. Anything else? I mean, I people listening to this know I love Deadline Funnel. We had uh, the creator Jack Bourne on episode ninety six, and it was uh, one of my favorite episodes. He, he's he's uh, a wealth of knowledge on on evergreen funnels and then scarcity. But you know, I love tools here. Anything else that you uh, that you enjoy using? Well, I've been using... I use Camtasia for my recording and my editing, Blue Yeti Mic, all that sort of stuff. One of the tools that I recently got that I'm kind of looking forward to exploring a little bit more is called Toonly. I don't know if you've heard about it. Well, I'm not. I'm actually not a person who really enjoys doing video that much. I don't have a very expansive YouTube channel at all. And when I do videos inside of my courses, I either am using slides or I'm doing screen shares, tutorials, and showing people what to do. I don't enjoy just recording talking head videos. And I was trying to find some other sorts of solutions about ways that I could create videos and 
I don't know if I'm going all in on it yet, but uh, Toonly is basically this software. It's web-based that allows you to create videos with like little cartoon characters, like explainer videos, you know, where um, you don't have to be on camera, but you can record your voice and then you can have the little characters doing stuff, walking across the stage, waving, receiving an award, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, I purchased it for $67 or something like that earlier this year because they were just getting started. Brad Callen is the person who came out with it. And I've done a little bit with it. I haven't dug too deep, but they keep rolling out all of these new features faster than I can keep up with it. So I'm curious to see even in a year how much more advanced it is. And I have been using that in some of my intro videos. I recently did something called a sales funnel festival, which was an online mini summit training program thing, which led into a course. And I was using that for some of the funnel videos, sort of like explaining to people, you know, the offers and the funnels and different things that we had for them to grab, which was a lot of fun. So that's the tool that I'm getting into a little bit. Uh, by the way, how do you spell Toonly? T-O-O-N-L-Y. Ah, see, I was spelling it wrong. That makes sense. Like cartoon. Oh, cartoon. I get yeah, it. exactly. I get it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, what's going on uh, next for you, Bailey? Are you going to be speaking at the 2020 Funnel Hacking Live? I truly wish, but unfortunately not. Uh, So for two reasons. Number one, Russell usually only invites a couple of people back to speak twice. And if you're one of the people like I was who was speaking on a particular funnel topic, he usually doesn't invite you back because he wants to get fresh blood in there and some different topics covered. So I'm sure that he'll have some incredible speakers. But also, I'm even not going to be at Funnel Hacking Live 2020, which makes me so sad because normally I'm always there. But I'm actually going to be living out my dream trip in Australia and New Zealand for three months from January to March. So I am super excited and I'll be with everybody in Nashville in spirits. But And I'll definitely be tuning in because they always live stream the big State of the Union, the ClickFunnels State of the Union. So I'll definitely be tuning in, but I won't be there physically. Well, that still sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Bailey, this has been a pleasure. Let's go ahead and uh, let people know where they can find all those courses because I think there's definitely going to be some interest in what you have to offer. And just if there's anything else you want to share with the audience. Thanks so much. Yeah, you can check me out at baileyrichard.com. There's links to all of my courses and blog there for people to grab. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for all of the different things that are coming up in the next year in my business. So definitely hope people kind of stay tuned. Thanks, Bailey. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you're not in that ClickFunnels Facebook group that we were talking about toward the beginning, you should go check it out and see the absolute gold of posts that Bailey's been putting in there. And guys, if this virtual summit stuff has intrigued you and you want to learn more, Bailey is doing a live webinar all about virtual summits on November the 5th. It's called How to Explode Your Email List, Establish Your Authority, and Propel Your Bottom Line in 90 Days Without Paid Ads. And I don't I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. And guys, it's free to attend. And if that sounds good to you, then you can register by going to theonlinecourseguy.com slash VS. So that just stands for Virtual Summit. Uh, Once again, if you want to attend Bailey's free event, November 5th, it's called How to Explode Your Email List, Establish Your Authority, and Propel Your Bottom Line in 90 Days Without Paid Ads, head to theonlinecourseguide.com slash BS. And we'll, of course, have that linked up for you in the show notes as well. So you can find all the show notes and links from today's episode by going to theonlinecourseguide.com slash 105. 
And the next thing I want to mention to you guys is I have an exciting announcement about this podcast that I'm going to be sharing with you in next week's episode. I'll have a special guest on next week, and that's when we'll reveal this new update for the podcast going forward. All I'll say about this for right now is that it's going to go into effect pretty much immediately, and I think you are going to like it. So thanks again for listening to another episode of the Online Course Show. If this is your first time listening, make sure you jump back and listen to episode 89 for the Online Courses 101 episode. And if you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again, everybody out there listening. We'll talk next week. (laughs) 